0: Hey, welcome to Dip and Tell, baby—a casual conversation with professional artists. I'm your host, Sid Williams. We are walking to Rashad Wright's studio, who is the poet laureate of Jersey City. He's in Studio B8, so we're headed down to the basement via the stairs. So as we walk, we can notice some sounds. There's some painters painting with music photography there's, there's videographers and murals painted there's an exhibition space in the basement right now and we are finally arrived at studio b8 rashad wright rashad what's your deal uh
1: my name is rashad wright i've never been wrong not once in ever um, I'm the poet laureate of Jersey City, New Jersey. Bang, 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 the first one we had in 14 years. And next month, I plan on being an author coming out with my first book of poetry and memoir called Romeo's Whiskey.
0: I can't wait to read it. Are you at Mana Contemporary because of your connection with Jersey City?
1: Yes. Um, when I was named a uh, poet laureate of Jersey City, Jersey City Arts Council, which is like the organization that helped bring all of this into fruition, they decided we want a poet laureate chose me made sure I got my name was in the hat with a bunch of other poets and I they voted for me and Jersey City decided to give me a small stipend and a residency here at Manic contemporary while I was poet laureate
0: can you tell me what a poet laureate is just for people that are not aware
1: um poet laureate uh, okay so like I think of poet laureate as someone being like the liaison between the artist community and the city, like municipal uh, districts and things like that. So like I'm the mid person between council people and the art scene. That's how I see my role. I've seen other people use it as a platform to uh, bring in like, go go into education, you know, Mm -hmm. teach workshops, uh, basically being like close to the board of ed. I've seen other people use it as literally just something to get them booked on shows, you know. It's different.
0: Yeah, it's different for it's um a role that you have more flexibility.
1: Super flexible. They didn't even know what role they asked me, okay, um your pole Laureate, what do you want to do? Yeah. Uh, like, oh so you I don't this out. isn't a you're job, gonna, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Polar, yeah the former pole Laureate of New Jersey w- was my uncle mm. um before he passed. And um
0: What's your uncle's name?
1: Amir Baraka. So like I grew up around him and I've seen his lifestyle. He's not some larger-than-life guy living in like some big mansion going around the country uh performing at colleges every day mm-hmm. did that once in a while you know that wasn't the daily life he still uh made sure to come out to every cookout we had yeah. um so like when i hear these names and i'm not i'm only like seeing like the platform that they created i'm not sure if i can take that 100 percent seriously because i've I had the privilege of living with someone that people think is like larger than life, you mm-hmm. know? So I guess, um...
0: You're still talking to artists.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone lives Everyone lives their life differently, embodies their work differently. Um, and I think a lot of the people we look up to are probably just like us, you know, show to show, gallery to gallery, application yeah. to application.
0: Just trying to be real.
1: Day by day, yeah.
0: Uh, did you go to school? Uh,
1: yeah, I went to New Jersey City University here in Jersey City, bang, bang. <laughs> um, yeah, I graduated last year, right right before I got uh, named Polar yet, actually. I got my degree in creative writing, my bachelor's. And uh, I was at NJCU for six years, five years in school. One year I, was, I took off for uh, basic training and military-related-ish.
0: When did your residency start and when does it end?
1: My residency started in uh, the beginning of this year. So I've been here since uh, January. And every Poet has a maximum of two years serving. So hopefully I'll be here until the end of 2020. A part of my residency and uh, Mana's vision for my time here seems to be me bringing in artists that wouldn't normally have access to a space like this access to residency programs, access to grants, wouldn't be able to fund their own career Mm. at that point in their, uh, you know, artistry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that conversation is happening, but I don't think that's a new conversation.
0: No, I don't think it is either.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been something going on and part of the legacy that I see all my peers and all the people I look up to have went through in different capacities trying to find a circle where they can sustain themselves and- uh,
0: Providing space. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just providing space to have genuine creativity flow. Mm -hmm. When everyone now has a platform through social media, is that providing space, Um, in, in your opinion? Do you think that that is now a valid form of talking to one another? Or do you think that is more talking to yourself do you think you are creatively fueled by the platform of social media?
1: Well, this is an extremely complicated uh, thing to bring up. I feel like when we talk about social media, people's, people use it as a platform to push themselves and their artistry, and there's a lot of self involved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think now self is more important than ever because finally people have an outlet to use their voices, have voices, have a platform, one that was almost always exclusive to the upper class, you know? Okay. So, in that regard, I love social media and the amount of selfishness available to us of people that have been told we can't be selfish, uh, of people that are told that, you know, we only exist as a member of this great functioning organism finally through social media I see people allowed to be independent have their own identities create their own selves you know
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: but uh, I also do agree with you sometimes it is there's it's used to excess oftentimes where it detaches itself from artistry. So it's hard for actual art to uh, be on social media because the second we, make, we post something or it becomes a recreation of the art.
0: You yes. know? Yeah, absolutely. It loses the energetic pull it, of something that's in person.
1: Yeah, that's for us because our artistry exists outside of social media. Yeah. But I do believe there are people where that is their art form. Okay. You know, that's, this is my, that's their workspace. This is where we create, we'll see, oh, how can I engage people, you know? That that in itself is an art form. And I think the uh, influencer is possibly the newest uh, rendition of the creative, you know?
0: Yeah, is, is the influencer, is the artist. Yeah. And are we outgrowing a conversation that we share a vocabulary? We've, if you look at art history, everyone has talked to one another through this shared vocabulary all the way to, you know, where Dia Beacon highlights or Dia Art Foundation, so Dia Chelsea included. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great example of a living museum that highlights a conversation from artists from the sixties and seventies that had this in-person crossover. So it was artists that were talking to each other, using the same vocabulary, bridging vocabulary from the past and bringing it forward. Do you have people that have influenced you in a way that you want to pay tribute to them by sharing their vocabulary, by sharing this collective conversation, or do you think that the collective conversation of the art world has vanished?
1: I think, uh, you know, we're doing that right now. If there is no platform, we're examples of people still having that conversation. Yeah. I've seen my peers and the people I've looked up to, uh, poets, writers from the 70s, um, I had the privilege of uh, growing up in a household with access. Well, I, you know, I saw most deaf in my uncle's living room. Sydney Poirier, uh, Sonia Sanchez, you know.
0: It's amazing.
1: It's crazy. I got to see them, like, you know, sit down, be friends, eat, talk about uh, art, creativity, you know, uh, their lives with one another. And it's easy to say that's so different now. I don't see that anymore, but I see it. We're literally doing that in this moment.
0: But maybe that richness of the in-person dialogue is the reason why the conversation exists. Many of you don't know that I ran Dorothea Rockburn's studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is a female painter, mathematician, artist, really, not even just limited to a painter or mathematician, just an artist who went to Black Mountain College, was a part of the Robert Rauschenberg, Cy Twombly, Merce Cunningham, John Chamberlain, John Cage era. She was Robert Rauschenberg's studio manager, and I was fortunate enough to be mentored by Dorothea and to continue to be mentored by, and to be a part of that past vocabulary that so influenced my vocabulary has made me yearn for a community. And we both have studios down in the basement. We are both residents of Mana Contemporary, so we're here under Kind of a different platform than some artists that are here to begin with definitely we have this shared gift of space being granted for us to share space um but as soon as you walk down to mana contemporary there are join this conversation in quotes stay connected and keep up with our latest news and events at mana contemporary hashtag mana basement so that's implying that join our conversation, when Mana Contemporary, and those are you that are not familiar with this space, the best way I can describe it is a massive university where each studio is a dorm room full of the energy of the artist. Mm-hmm. You walk in and you're like, pa I am like in this person's space, and yeah. then I'm in this person's space, and there is poets, there's painters, there's animators, there's photographers, videographers. So it's an eclectic group. And the basement, for the most part, is supposed to be where the conversation is growing from because it is the experimental level. So we are in this unique position where Mana's even telling us that the conversation's online and that we're right next to each other. True. You know, we live in our creative spaces behind these doors right next to each other. Why is the conversation knocking on your door? And I wonder if you have any comments on that.
1: Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm actually super interested in hearing about like what your community looks like and uh, their relationship to this space and your peers. You like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, but to, so everyone else knows, um, <laughs> I, uh, I host right now in my studio, there's artwork up um, all from uh, friends of mine. They're all artists of color that don't have a gallery space, would like to practice being in the gal- gallery, uh, prepare to be in the gallery. Mm-hmm. So I often host shows in here with other people's work up. I buy some of the work. I also host an open mic here. I'll have artists And tell that... us when
0: your open mic is, just so you get to <laughs> plug yourself in.
1: You're right. Uh, yeah, man you got it. Mike. You
0: know, you have to. Thank you. <laughs> got you. Foul.
1: Uh, Man of Mike is the last Tuesday of every month. That's from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Either here in the basement at Man Contemporary or in the theater. But, um, yo, people don't have, uh, There's no. there are no venues, there are no shows where uh, a poet can go up on stage, have a photographer shoot them. We have rappers, singers, comedians. Um, we have vendors come out here, people selling uh, canvas work, jewelry, food. And a lot of people have told me, oh, wow, Rashad, this is the first time I've ever vended. I sold my first art piece at one of your shows. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And, you know, that's the reason why I keep doing it. But um, I'd like you to answer the same question, you know? <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to get a feel from your community, you know, um, how you create, hold space, because I know you teach yoga here. You've taught me. You should probably plug yourself.
0: I do teach yoga here from 5 to 6 on Wednesdays. It gets moved around, so you're just going to have to follow me. Oh, where are you Yeah, I was in the dance studio for a minute. I was in the theater for a minute. Now I'm on the fifth floor gallery. It's a little chilly, so if you do come, bring socks.
1: Bring Moving socks on up, here. come on now.
0: Yeah, we'll see, yeah. When did our roles reverse? <laughs> <laughs> Who plays
1: roles? Come on now. Um, I just, I just love learning about people, you know? Yeah. I, OK, so if I had to talk about myself, still. Um, <laughs> I think poetry, I think every performer, Uh, A performer that doesn't know, listen, take in anything from anyone else is a performer that's cut off distant from their crowd. If I can't connect with someone that I'm making eye contact with, I don't know what makes you laugh, what makes you cry, what makes you move, what makes you stay in your seat and feel like I'm important enough to listen to for the next five seconds. So when I listen to you talk and I listen to everyone else talk, I feel like, you know, it's my job to take it in uh, reflect bounce off it's a conversation right mm-hmm. um, but yeah if quick Rashad right one-on-one uh, God to be a great performer be a great listener uh, it in order to stand out on stage you have to learn how to stand out in a crowd mm-hmm. um, in an audience so yeah I'd like to be an audience for you in this moment. When I ask you, and we have this conversation, and I'm saying that it sounds like in every piece you create, we only see the final product, right? Yes. And you, it seems like yoga is a part of that thing, that process that we don't see in the piece. Um, In every poem I write, there's a song playing. There's probably like four or five people in this studio having conversations on their own that you'll never see in the poem, has nothing to do with the poem. But uh, what is your creative process? What does your space look like when you are creating? Is anyone else involved? Does it affect the piece, A, B, C, and D, all of the above, go for it.
0: I would say it depends on the piece. Um, In my studio, I make work alone. Um, It is a place where, it is the only studio I've ever had. Mm -hmm. I've never had much space. I shared a room growing up with one or more. It was a space where I could fully be myself alone, which means I could move my arm really big. I had space. I could explore the relationship between the tangible paper and pencil or paintbrush and my body movement, which was new. I never had space before. I always worked on the floor because I never had wall space. Wow. So for the first time I'm working on walls, which has completely changed my work. Yeah. Um, and I think the space has been solitude. I
1: mean, I'm, I'm coming at it from almost the exact opposite life experience. Um, you know, I was an only kid. Uh, my mother worked a lot. So uh, the second I was of age to be in the house by myself, I was in the house by mm-hmm. myself. And uh, I constantly ran away from that silence, from that solitude, just picking up random things to do probably was still in silence, you know, Mm -hmm. still in solace, uh, which is probably what led me to poetry and creativity um, after a long line of other things I got mixed up in. But, uh, yeah, me avoiding silence made me who I am. And now that I am who I am and where I am, I do find myself looking for that silence, you know, that time to put my phone down and I'm not being pulled in four or five different Mm -hmm. directions. And every every direction someone wants me, and they want a different identity that yes. they think I have. Um,
0: they want how they see you.
1: Exactly, and I, I it's so exhausting to put that cover on my book for your story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whenever you call me to your space, you know, mm-hmm. not not you. <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 the general you. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I
0: feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> No, and I, I think even in my own artwork, I have a reoccurring doodle that shows up in most of my work through really? most of my life, and I think that is the noise, that is the noise that we inevitably live in because we live in an overpopulated, overstimulated world, uh-huh. um, and I think that's my way of visualizing the noise. I don't. I wouldn't.
1: I mean, <laughs> in the most literal terms, yes, our world is overpopulated, but I don't know if I'd want to. Ju- put, place that judgment on it, you know. That's so much that's so much power, uh so much stigma, it's so much defining. It's I I just sort of prefer to um take the moment and realize that oh, there may be a lot of things here right yeah. now, all the time. Yeah. I guess that's there's just... a lot
0: of opportunity. Yeah. You know, you just have to be at the right place at the right time, and I think that's always But that can literally. Well, that's because you're an artist as well. Artists have dictated what is cool, where we live and where we're going. If you realize it or not, think of Soho as not Soho. Soho was the playground of artists. It was a place where blown out buildings and Donald Judd and cut off gloves was making work because his windows were blown out and rats were running around his place. You know, it's a place where you could buy an apartment in Manhattan for $10,000 in 1974 that doesn't exist but where artists go is where culture goes and i think where where are we going
1: i think there's a much more liberal answer like we were talking about earlier that place isn't a physical one anymore that place is the internet that place is online you know Mm -hmm. you can be in anyone's face at any time of the day without even knowing it
0: but is it their face or is it the way you want to see them
1: exactly
0: so how disingenuous you know, is, is that full enough for people? I,
1: these are all parts of the media. If we think of uh, social media as a uh, art form, mm-hmm. we have to think of all, all these platforms as mediums. You know, mm-hmm. these are all just uh, tools and uh, attributes of that medium. You know, uh, when you paint, um, like you were saying, watercolor is different than oil. Yeah. Um, uh, Instagram is different than Twitter. Yeah. It's just mediums for uh, artwork, literally. Uh, you have to figure out how you're reaching your audience, your crowd, um, A, B, C, and D, and the influencer. That's their job.
0: Yeah. That's
1: their medium.
0: Uh, yeah, Just back to what you said, the influencer is backyard. now the artists. They're mm-hmm. now the curators of the galleries of the online space. Do you think it's important to carry the conversation of the past into the future with us?
1: Yes and I can see a point in my life where I would have easily have said no, Okay. you know? uh, I understand that duality. Um, I think, um, yes, it is great to have something you can inherit to um, build on top of, um, to take on something that is more than yourself. And at the same time, like, you know, uh, my process, I didn't tell anyone, no one knew that my uncle was uh, Amiri Baraka or the Pole Laureate in New Jersey when I was chosen to be Pole Laureate. No one knew that at any of the slams I went to, any of the competitions I competed in, whenever I submitted work to be published, that never went into a bio or anything, you know? Mm -hmm. I wanted to build on my own merit, be detached from uh, a previous generation, you know? Create my own identity. Now that I am here, I realize the richness, um, the pride, how it affects my work, all of the creations that came prior to my even existing or ever putting a pen to the paper, you know um, I'm adopting all of that thought process whether I want to or not. It's impossible to create without uh, inheriting that perception that comes from a previous generation, you know
0: Oh, I completely agree. I think where we came from is the greatest privilege to where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I think that is stripped away from a lot of people and in your own personal life and just a general model of lineage of how we perceive time is a beautiful gift.
1: Something popped in my head. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the question I'm thinking of now is uh, you call inheritance a privilege and I do think it is a privilege And, um, but does everyone acknowledge or know what they are inheriting, you know? Like I I, I told you with my journey, um, yeah, I inherited, I could have inherited a lot of things while my uncle was alive. I could have, I could have had like the biggest poetry mentor Mm -hmm. possible, but um, I chose not to inherit that. I think a lot of people are making Choices to step away from uh, that previous generation. Those reasons could be valid, they could be invalid, they could be, you know, muddled or whatever, but um, yeah.
0: Do you think it's important to have a shared vocabulary between artists of all mediums?
1: <sighs> I would like to. Um, I don't think that's the reality at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because. You
0: don't think artists talk to each other anymore?
1: It's such a hard question to answer. I think art in itself is a so, okay, so personally, myself as a poet, I see myself as like a reflection of the communities I walk. I'm a voice, not a voice for the community, but a voice in the community. you know I reflect if people love my art, mm-hmm. I reflect something in society that you enjoy. If people hate my art, I reflect something in society that you have a hard time dealing with, you know? And I think when artists see other artists, it's the same thing. If I enjoy your art, you reflect something I love in myself and my community. If I don't enjoy your art, you reflect something I'm having a hard time dealing with or digesting with myself or my community. So when we don't have those conversations with one another, I'm pretty sure that's because of, class divides, access, sexism, homophobia, all of yeah. that, all of those different things. So maybe things. the
0: conversation is just too big.
1: It's a big it's conversation. It's a
0: big conversation. And I think um, in the 60s and 70s, because the conversations lived in a place, it was still very limited. It was still a boys club. Yeah. It was still a white boys club. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're coming into the generation of, it's 2019 we're dealing with a larger community, the conversation's almost too big. So it makes sense for the conversation to live online, but in a place that is tangible, why not have it and why not start it right here?
1: Those online conversations are happening in person.
0: They are, they're happening right now. Exactly. We're having one, currently, right now.
1: It's just a conversation.
0: Yeah, This this is the conversation. Yeah. You got on board, you started it. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no. <laughs> so we will, um, as this series continues, we'll get more into what's happening at Mounted Contemporary, who's here, what this place is, what this place started as, and maybe where it's going. But for now, I'd like to thank Ian Eckstein for recording, sound mixing, spearheading this endeavor. Um, and we will...
1: Could we throw in some studio applause right there?
0: Oh, yeah. Ready? I'm gonna... I... Any chance to... Yeah. Woo! Alright, so we'll call it a wrap. And well, that's that. And this well, is just as good as nothing.